Good morning. A very warm welcome to our service of worship. And if you're worshiping with us for the first time, a very special welcome to you. I welcome also Matthew Thompson as our pianist and organist today. In this time when we mourn the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, we remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ who said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so as we come now to worship God, may we all know God's loving and comforting presence with us. So let's still our hearts before God now. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we may gather this day to worship you and give you our thanks for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for the love of family and friends and for the fellowship of our church family. In this time of mourning for our Queen, we rejoice in the hope you give us of life that lasts forever through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. However we come today, may we worship you with thankfulness for your great faithfulness to us through every change in our lives and in the life of our nation and the nations of the world. May we each know the presence of your Holy Spirit leading us, comforting us, strengthening us and speaking to us your words of life and hope. Forgive us, Lord, for all the ways we have not loved you or each other as we ought. Cleanse us and renew us by your most Holy Spirit, that we may live to worship you with all of our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so let's worship God as we sing our first hymn together, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Well, it's lovely to see you this morning, and uh, um, we've been thinking in our um, time uh, early in the service about God's faithfulness, and we we're just thinking about that, and um, when someone's faithful, um, they keep their promises and they do what they say they're going to do, and so that we learn to trust them. And as we remember our Queen and give thanks to God for her, we can thank God that with God's help, she was faithful in keeping her promises that she made 70 years ago as our Queen. Now, in our Bible story, we've been following the story of Abraham and Isaac and thinking about God's faithfulness to them and also thinking about his faithfulness to us. And we've learned so far that uh, God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a very large family. And this was when they were both quite old and they hadn't had any children. But God kept his promise and gave them a baby boy called Isaac. And that uh, showed how God was faithful to them. But he was also faithful in other things. And so we're going to hear a little bit about the story of Isaac and how God was faithful to him. Well, many happy years had passed since Isaac was born. Now, Isaac was a man, and Abraham, his father, wanted him to get married. So Abraham sent his servant to go on a long journey to a town where he had lived when he was younger. And he said to his servant, go and take gifts and camels and find Isaac a wife. The Lord will send his angel to go ahead of you and help you. So the servant went to the town where Abram used to live, and when he got there, he took the camels as well. And the servant prayed to God, Lord, when the young women get water from this well and, ask, and I ask for a drink, if one offers to uh, give a drink to the camels as well, let her be the right one to marry Isaac. Well, before the servant had finished pray praying, Rebecca arrived um, with a water jar on her shoulder, and she was a daughter of Beth Bethuel, a relation of Abraham, and she was a very beautiful girl, or young, beautiful young lady. She, and he said to her, please give me a drink from your jar. And Rebecca lowered her jar for him to drink and said, here, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. And when Rebecca had said that, the servant knew that she was the right one, and so he gave her some presents of rings and jewels, and then he went with Rebecca to her family home. And when Rebecca's father, Bethel, heard what happened, he praised God, and he, he said, praise God for being faithful, keeping his promise to Abraham. And he said to Abraham's servant, Please take Rebecca back to Isaac if she is happy to go with you. And Rebecca agreed to go with the servant. So they traveled all the way back to the land where Isaac's home was. And Rebecca soon became Isaac's wife. So God kept his promise to them and he blessed Isaac and Rebecca and their marriage. And it's just a, a story of how God loved Abraham and Sarah and Isaac so much that he answered the prayers of the servant of Abraham to find Rebekah as a wife. And God just kept on showing how faithful he was, and he is faithful to us too. 
he always does what he says in, in his word. And so we can trust him to keep his promises to us as well. So we're going to pray now and, uh, and we'll finish with the Lord's Prayer too. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, that you are a faithful God. You always keep your promises big and small. Thank you that we can trust you and you don't let us down. Thank you for helping our Queen throughout her life to be faithful in all her duties. Help us to remember that your love never fails and lasts forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're going to sing now, and um, this is a, a song um, which is really talking about God's love and his care for us. And so there are some actions if you'd like to join in, and perhaps I could just have the first slide up, or I think there's just one slide, actually. So we're going to sing this through twice, and the, the actions for Wide, Wide as the Ocean are Wide, Wide as the Ocean, High as the Heavens Above, Deep, Deep as the deepest sea is my Saviour's love. I, though so unworthy, still am a child of his care. For his word teaches me that his love reaches me everywhere. And it's good to use our bodies in worship because it engages our whole person in worshipping God. And it just, it just brings it home to us that God's love is like that. So let's... Uh, Let's stand if you're able to sing Wide, Wide as the Ocean. weeks we've been hearing stories of people's faith and how God has changed their lives and today as we mourn the passing of our Queen I'd like to share a short reflection from Pete Gregg on her life and faith before we move on to a time of prayer and silent reflection.
On Christmas Day 1952, the new 26-year-old monarch of the United Kingdom and 14 other Commonwealth nations spoke for the first time to the world in what was to become her annual Christmas broadcast. Pray for me, she asked, that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. It was a prayer that God answered. Elizabeth would make a series of solemn promises six months later at her coronation, which she kept faithfully for the next 70 years. The newly crowned queen promised three things, to govern appropriately, to maintain justice, and to profess the gospel of Christ. All this she surely did until her final breath. In her Christmas broadcast of 2000, the Queen reflected on the millennium with complete candor about the importance of her own personal faith. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. Almost 22 years after that speech, more than 70 since Elizabeth became queen, Queen Elizabeth's lifelong example of consistency in private faith and integrity in public service is both startling and inspiring. We continue our reflections on the life and faith of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II with a short video from the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, the Right Reverend Dr. Ian Greenshields. And it contains a prayer, but I suggest that you may wish to keep your eyes open to see the pictures of the Queen being shown during the moderator's prayer. And after the, the video, we show I shall lead you into a time of silence for our Queen. I recently had the privilege and honour of staying at Balmoral and spending time with Her Majesty the Queen. She was in good spirits, full of fun and strong in faith, a genuinely remarkable lady. This is a time of grief and thanksgiving for a life well and purposefully lived. Her family are in pain and sorrow, and I know they will value our prayers for them. Let us pray. Gracious and good Father, full of love and peace, you are from everlasting to everlasting, ever good and ever true. Your greatest gift to us is eternal life, and in this hope we place our trust. Today we give thanks for the life of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, who has now entered fully into the promise in which she believed. Long has she reigned over us, offering support and courage, a steadying hand in difficult days, and a kindly presence in times of peace and prosperity. We thank you for our life, 
so rich in years and in service, for our unwavering commitment to country, commonwealth and every generation. For our trust in Jesus Christ, our devotion to the church and our respect for other faiths, receive our thanks today. May she rest in peace as she enters fully into your promise. In their loss, comfort our family, especially our King as he assumes his new responsibilities. Assure them of your presence and peace, granting to them the consolation of cherished memories and the hope of your promised kingdom. And these prayers we offer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we continue with our prayers, let us now observe two minutes of silence as we remember with thanksgiving to God the life of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. God of love, we thank you for the life of our Queen Elizabeth II, for her service to our nation and for her faith in you. We pray for your comfort for her family in their grief. Be close to all of us who mourn, that we may find comfort and hope in your love. Everlasting God, we pray for our new King, Charles III. Bless his reign and the life of our nation. Help us to work together so that truth and justice, harmony and fair fairness flourish among us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Gracious God, grant us your grace this day for our present needs and the peace of Christ to rule our, in our hearts. As we bring the needs of others who are on our hearts and minds, we ask for your grace and peace to be found by them as the anchor for their lives. For those who are sick, may they receive your healing. For those who are in want, may they receive your provision for those who are troubled, may they receive your peace that passes understanding. Sovereign Lord, as we remember the needs of our world, we pray for your people to bring hope, justice and peace in the name of Christ. And for all who suffer, we pray for your deliverance. God of hope, and love and life eternal. May your kingdom come among us, in us and through us. And may we live all of our lives for your glory until we join with all your saints and your holy angels in the unending worship of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our living Saviour. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing the 23rd Psalm, The Lord's My Shepherd, to the uh, tune by Stuart Townend.
Our first reading this morning is from the Old Testament, from Psalm 72, and we're reading verses 18 to 20. Psalm 72. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. This concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse. Our New Testament lesson is from Luke chapter 9, reading verses 28 to 36. Luke chapter 9 at verse 28, and this is headed the Transfiguration. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. And our next reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. Now we're going to worship God together again, and we're going to sing Glory Be to God the Father from CH3, 354. Glory be to God the Father.
Let's pray. Loving and eternal God, we thank you that you are the God who has come to us to reveal your glory and that you call us into that glory through Jesus Christ our Lord with the power of your Spirit. And so we, as we come to your word today, we ask that by that same Spirit you would open our hearts and minds to all that you have for us this day. We thank you that you are the God of comfort, of love and of life. And so we ask that you would speak to us now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Not many people will have over their lifetime met as many people and visited as many places as Queen Elizabeth II. One of the features of our Queen's reign was her accessibility to so many with her many royal engagements around the country each year and numerous visits to other countries in the Commonwealth and around the world. We can only imagine how many people Her Majesty must have met over her 96 years and 30, uh, sorry, and 70 year reign. Many thousands upon thousands. And the number of those who would have seen her on those visits must surely run into the millions. I'm sure many of us will remember seeing the Queen on such an occasion, and perhaps some here have had the privilege of having met her in person. When we think about the words of the National Anthem, which is really a prayer, we can be really thankful that in so many ways that prayer has been answered in the life of Queen Elizabeth II. As a woman of deep faith in our Lord, we can see so well how God has indeed saved her and enabled her to be gracious and noble throughout her long life of duty and service reigning as our Queen. Her good influence on so many people can be seen in the many affectionate words of tribute coming from every corner of the globe, full of respect and thankfulness for her constancy, faithfulness, warmth and wisdom. Having seen the photos, as I'm sure many of you have, of our Queen at Balmoral last week, welcoming the new Prime Minister looking so radiant and happy only a couple of days before being called to her heavenly home by our Lord. We can surely say that our prayers to send her victorious, happy and glorious have been answered. Glory is in fact the theme of the Bible readings today. In Psalm 72, King David's prayer to God is, Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. In our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 9, we read the account of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain, where his glory was seen by his three closest disciples, Peter, 
John and James. Then finally, in his second letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 3, we, we read the Apostle Paul speaking about how Jesus' followers who contemplate the Lord's glory are in fact themselves being transformed into, the, into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Indeed, in many places, God's word speaks about his glory. It speaks of God's purpose to reveal his glory, most notably through Jesus, his son. It speaks of God's intention that his people will be transformed in his glory. And it anticipates a time when God's glory will fill the earth. Now, when we think about the word glory, um, and what it means, we might imagine some great achievement. For example, a sports team winning a major trophy. We might describe it as being a glorious achievement. And then later, perhaps when things aren't going so well for the same team, supporters might look back and think of the glory years when their team did really well. When we come to describe what glory means when thinking about God's glory, we're describing both who God is in his very being and his essence and what he's done in time and eternity, both as our creator and our redeemer. Thinking about the life of someone we admire, such as our queen, as we take time to consider their personality and achievements, it can lead us to feel filled with gratitude, and perhaps even to inspire us to be a bit more like them in, in the good ways that they've lived, be it in their kind manner or sense of duty. As we contemplate the Lord's glory, however, we are consciously giving thanks and praise and worship for who he is and what he's done for us. And we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that it has a transformative effect on us as we do that. It says in that place of contemplation and worship of giving glory to God, who is glorious and forever to be praised, that we ourselves are transformed. But it's not through simply trying to work ourselves up to change and be more like Jesus because we know that's a good thing to aim at. This is something that God himself, through his Holy Spirit, works in us. It's through God's Spirit, as we contemplate the Lord's glory, that this transformation happens. In the last couple of weeks, we've been thinking about the importance of worshipping God of giving him thanks and praise, even in the times when we go through trials and difficulties and it's the last thing that we feel like doing. What we're thinking about today is how worshipping God actually changes us for the better. If we think about it, God really doesn't need our worship. He is the almighty God who is complete in himself, Father, Son and Holy Spirit perfect trinity of love, joy and peace, wisdom, power and strength. 
as the creator of the universe, there is nothing really that we could give him that he doesn't already have in abundance. However, because of his perfect love for us, shown most completely in sending his son Jesus to die for our sins, to overcome death for us, once and all through his resurrection. God invites us to come into his glory and be transformed by his spirit. He invites us to worship him not because he needs to be reminded how awesome and glorious he is. He invites us to worship him because we need to be reminded how awesome and glorious he is. The best thing that could happen to us in our lives of faith is to begin to see and understand just who God is and what he's done for us in the very depths of our souls. Because the more we actually contemplate God's glory, the more we'll grow in faith and trust in the one who is able to save us completely and to keep us from falling. We begin to see how we can rest in the peace that God gives even through the storms and struggles. We'll start to step out further in faith, following where he leads, in service for him. The more we worship God in our lives and contemplate his glory, the more we will be transformed into the image of Jesus. Peter, John and James had the special privilege of seeing the Lord Jesus in his glory on the, the Mount of Transfiguration. We've been given God's word and God's spirit to reveal his glory to us and be transformed in the process. But what does this involve? Contemplating the Lord's glory which enables the Holy Spirit to transform us to be more like Jesus and thereby reflect God's glory to others begins in the place of prayer, of listening to God's word. But it also involves a daily decision to choose to give God our thanks and praise and worship with our lips, with our hands and feet, and indeed with every part of us. For worship isn't just about singing. It's about a life of daily surrender and obedience to our Lord Jesus, who came to save us by serving us, giving his life on the cross, that we might have the life of God's Spirit forever. Now we might not meet as many people or go to as many places as our Queen did in her life, but we can all, like Her Majesty, reflect something of God's glory to the people that we meet by choosing the way of love and service, depending always on the strength of our Lord as we contemplate his glory. So let us worship Jesus, our servant King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords with all of our lives. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. Let's pray together.
Almighty and eternal God of glory and grace, we thank you for the love which reaches out to us through every generation, calling us to find freedom in the presence of your Spirit through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who lived and died and rose again for us, leaving the glory of heaven for a time, that we might live in your glory forever. Transform us, we pray, by the power of your Spirit, that we might become more Christ-like and display your glory and love to the ends of the earth. Sovereign Lord, you are our King and the Lord over all the earth. We thank you for the grace we have received through the life of your servant, Queen Elizabeth II. As we mourn her loss, help us remember your faithfulness to each one of us and the promise through faith of life everlasting. Give grace to King Charles III to fulfill the calling you have for him as he begins his reign. And may he and all the royal family know the comfort and peace of your presence in the days ahead, as nation and commonwealth mourn the loss of the Queen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of your presence with us by your Holy Spirit and for all the gifts you give us through Christ. Accept our offerings for the work of your kingdom and our lives for your glory and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we come to our closing hymn of praise, I just like to ask that um, if you're able at the end of the hymn, if you please remain standing after the blessing uh, for the singing of God save our gracious King. So let's worship God as we sing together Love Divine all loves excelling.
God, grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the king, the commonwealth, and all people, unity, peace, and concord, and to us and all his servants, life everlasting. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you this day and always. Amen.